0: Welcome to our C3Grow podcast. Wherever you are today, we hope that this message encourages you. We'd love to see you in person at one of our three locations, Howick, Ormiston, and Suva. Visit c3grow.org for details. Okay, everyone, in your Bibles, please, and I hope you've got more with you. Um, We are up to James chapter 3, and we are going to be reading verses 13 to 18 today. And in my Bible, I'm uh, reading from the New Living Translation. It's entitled, True Wisdom Comes from God. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous, and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly and spiritual and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Okay, so today we're talking about that true godly wisdom. Let's read verse 13 again. If you're wise and understand God's ways, Prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. Listen to that verse in the Passion Version. If you consider yourself to be wise and one who understands the ways of God, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life guided by wisdom's gentleness. So there, first up, we've got the first layer, the direct command from James. Live an honorable, beautiful, fruitful life guided by God's wisdom and gentleness. Sounds straightforward enough, doesn't it? If you are truly wise, you should have the sort of lives that display everything good about God and the Christian life, and we should be doing it with total humility. Anybody studying our lives should get a good understanding of what being a Christian is all about. They should see a life full of gentleness and humility. Well, I'm at panic stations already. (laughs) I don't know about you. I remember a Bible teacher from my home church in the UK used to say to us, I should be able to put a new Christian into your home. And within a year, they should know the basics of their salvation. They should be reading their Bibles every day. They should know how to pray. And they should be living a victorious Christian life in the spirit. And I used to think, please, please, don't put them in my home. <laughs> I, I can work those things out for myself, let alone teach anybody else. And in my home, see the real me? Nah and I'd sort of shrink back and hope he wouldn't spot me in the church and give me a new Christian. And that was 40 years ago. And I'm still here today, still trying to work, walk in the wisdom of God, live an honorable life, and do it with some sort of humility. But that's the lifetime's journey of faith, isn't it? How do we get that wisdom from above, this true wisdom that only comes from God, how do we find it and know what it is and then get it into our lives? so that we live this honourable, fruitful life, full of good works and guided by wisdom's gentleness. (sighs) Sorry to tell you, I don't have any easy answers. (laughs) At one time, I thought, if only I surrender to God, get filled with the Holy Spirit and live a victorious Christian life, it would all fall into place and life would be amazing. Some aren't, how overnight I would turn into this powerful woman of God understanding the Bible and having an amazing ministry that will bless so many. But you know all I got? I got stressful jobs teaching is stressful <laughs> a baby, one baby that cried continuously, I think I lived in the twilight zone for five years a husband who wouldn't be or do what I wanted, you know what we do when women, we try to change our men, it doesn't work <laughs> and a son who wandered away from god etc cetera, etc cetera. i could say other stuff in other words i got real life not a fairy tale kingdom where i was the beautiful princess and everyone did my bidding especially god i seemed to think that there must be some kind of secret formula a magic key to the kingdom or some magical pastor who would come along and lay hands on me and poof i would be holy and wise from then on and i tried it all I read all the books. And if you go into the Christian bookshop, you know, three easy ways to be a prayer warrior, six points to being financially wonderful, 10 points to being amazing and a fantastic Christian. (laughs) So I read all the books. (laughs) I went to all the conferences, I got prayed for. I did all the courses and studied my Bible in depthly. I prayed, I expected miracles, but all I got was burned out, disappointed and angry. How come everyone else seems to get these wonderful Christian lives, God? Where was mine? I was angry with God and jealous of all the Christians. How come you made it so easy for them and you made it so hard for me? In my version of my life, especially now my Christian life, I thought I had to be the best. It had to all be perfect. I had to be top of the class. I had to be better than everyone else, especially the men. Where did all that counterfeit wisdom, that counterfeit thinking come from? Verse 14 was written all over my heart. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting or lying. So let's peel back another layer with James. He understood that we, if we didn't have our hearts filled with God's true wisdom, then the world's wisdom comes in, or a self-serving wisdom comes into our life, and that produces bad fruit. I guess we're all looking for the easy answers. In my pursuit of those easy answers, all I got was bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, and rivalry. All these deep-seated lies from my upbringing, from my thinking, from who knows where, were bearing bitter fruit in my life. And you know where it comes from? I've got a dad who, when I go home to the UK, will still remind me of the two girls that came first and second in my class at school. third or fourth was never good enough. My brother, on his, I think it was seventh birthday, a huge truck pulled up, and he got a new big yellow chopper bike. I got a second-hand one my dad had found somewhere and refurbished. My brothers got new scale extract thing that went all through the house and they I got a piano that was chucked out from the pub and half the keys didn't work. See the sort of messages I was getting? Boys count, boys are important, boys get the good stuff, girls, you're not so important. You get the second hand stuff, they're not so good. And so my thinking, and I'm sure you've got stories like this, because children, we look at those sorts of things. My parents didn't realize what they were doing to me, but I was getting that thinking, I'm second best. I don't count. No, you just step back, Angela. And so I started to build my life on all those false sorts of thinking. And then I became really good at the cover-up jobs when it didn't really work, when I didn't get to the top, when I didn't get the best then you deny what's going on in your heart. So there are no easy answers on how to live this honorable life. But I do know that we've got to deal with this bitter fruit of counterfeit wisdom. We've got to allow God to expose that in our hearts. What's really going on inside to get it dealt with. And, you know, it's not how many books you read, conferences you go on, and how much you go to church and get prayed for or pray for others. Even those, all those things are good. It's all about having a humble heart that's open to God and willing to listen as he reveals that warped wisdom that we've built our lives on and then allowing him to deal with it. And this only happens, I'm afraid, the closer we get to Jesus. When we're in an intimate relationship with him, And then we become more vulnerable and we're willing to face the truth in ourselves. And that takes time and it takes persistence and consistency. We have to keep on praying, keep on reading the word, keep on coming to church, keep on believing and allowing God to speak to you. So my first point is allow God to show you his wisdom and to reveal the counterfeit wisdom, the counterfeit thinking that you've got in your own life. Right, James says in verses 15 to 16, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly and spiritual and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and evil of every kind. J.B. Phillips puts it like this, you may acquire a certain superficial wisdom, but it doesn't come from God. It comes from this world, from your own lower nature, in other words, what you've put together, and even from the devil. So let's go another layer deeper to find out what causes all this wrong thinking and why we let it into our hearts in the first place. All people want wisdom. We're all searching for the truth, not just Christians, everyone. We all want to be successful and content and live our best lives. And these days, there's no shortage of books, speakers, influencers, people selling you things that uh, will help you do that, get, become whatever you want to be. There's plenty of wisdom out there in the world. And it's there because we're all born yearning to know whether we are truly loved or deserve to be loved, whether we have a place or a purpose in this life, and whether we can find security and safety in our own selves, and in the relationships that we have with other people. We're looking for answers right from the start. And so naturally, we look to our parents first to get that feedback, am I loved? Have I got a purpose here? am I, do I count in this family? And depending on how good your parents were, <laughs> you can see some of the things that went on for me weren't quite so good. For you, you might have had really great parents who reassured you of those things. Some of you might have had dreadful parents that put all sorts of weird things into your heads. And then as we grow, we may find that we get some answers to these questions by getting good grades. Ooh, like me, I got a bit of attention, but I could never get higher than third. (laughs) Okay, or maybe we find it by looking good or being fashionable or playing some sort of sports or going to the gym and getting muscle-bound. Or later, as we go on, we may find that we get some of those answers through money or successful careers. Maybe we look to spiritual things. Perhaps we look at different religions or philosophies, or we end up volunteering and doing good deeds to find our purpose and some peace. Or we might look for safety and security with multiple relationships, or think that finding the perfect partner will solve all our problems. I feel all of this is the superficial wisdom James is talking about. The world will tell you it's got answers to all of that. But James says it's only going to come from God. Um, Sometimes it uh, comes straight from the world. We pick up on all these really strange philosophies and things. Or perhaps it's something we've cobbled together. We've heard something somewhere. We've read something a bit in the Bible. Or we've seen something on the internet. And I've noticed that a lot of young Christians seem to do do that. Particularly Christians. They seem to have a Christianity that's not actually the word of God. It's sort of a bit they've heard here. And they've heard a lovely Buddhist saying over there. And they think, oh, that must be in the Bible. So that comes into their thinking as well. And they cobble something together. Again, that superficial wisdom. Or maybe we've been totally in the past sucked into another religion or a new age way of thinking, or even just the political humanistic thinking of the day. So let me tell you those three big fundamental questions again, or there's three or four of them. Who am I? Where do I come from? What is my purpose? And where am I going? Psychologists label these longings as trying to find security Where do I come from? Who do I belong to? Self-worth, who am I? Do I matter? Does anybody really love me? And significance, what is my purpose? What am I here for? What am I meant to be doing? Where am I going in life? And that's the next layer, to find God's wisdom, to overcome the fruit of jealous insecurities and rivalries we need to find the answers to these deep questions. And I know Pastor Wayne has preached on this many times, trying to help us understand that we'll only find these answers to the deep things in God. The moment we believe, we have all the answers. But it takes time to change that old wisdom, doesn't it? And to change that old way of thinking to the new way of thinking. So let's look at how Jesus found his security, self-worth and significance in God Let's all go to Matthew chapter 4. We're not going to read the whole lot. We're just, you can just follow it along with me. So we're in uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. It's a well-known story. As soon as you get there, you'll know. It's the temptation of Jesus. But I'll just give you a bit of context from the last end of um, chapter 3. So it says in Matthew 3, 13 to 16, this is when Jesus was baptized. Jesus started his ministry at 30 years old. I often wondered myself, during those 30 years, as he got there, did Jesus seek God to find the answers to those fundamental questions for himself? Because when he was baptized by John in the River Jordan, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. It was a display of the total acceptance of the Godhead. His security, self-worth, and significance were completely found in the Father in that moment and sealed in his heart by the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew he was loved unconditionally, was safe in God's hands, and God had a plan for his life. And then what happened? Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Satan immediately came to undermine this truce God had sealed into his heart. And that's exactly what Satan does to us. He comes along to lie to us, to trick us and undermine what we know to be true about what God has said about us in just the same way as he did with Jesus. Let's have a look at verse 3. It says, during that time, the devil came and said to him, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. How can you possibly be the son of God? if you are, turn these stones to bread. Who are you anyway? Really? The son of God? Then how come you're hungry, alone, sleeping under a rock out here in this crazy wilderness? It was an out and out attack on his self-worth, his inner confidence in who Jesus knew he was, God's son. But Jesus had an answer, the word. In verse five, it says, then Satan took Jesus to a high point of the temple and told him to throw himself off. Surely God will save you. He'll send his angels to save you, won't he? You won't get any bruises, surely. An attack on his security in God. Does God really love you that much that he's gonna save you? Send his angels, heal you, answer that prayer, change that bad habit in your life? deal with that issue? How many prayers have you had that, like that? Does God really love me that much that he's going to deal with this thing? Surely he's got more important stuff to do over there. Look at those amazing Christians over there. He's probably doing stuff with them. He's not going to come and hear my prayer. But again, Jesus had the answers in the word. Verse 8, then Satan showed him all the kingdoms of the world I'll give you these if you'll just bow down and worship me. The easy way, the quick way. You'll have all the power and prestige if you do it my way. But Jesus knew everything belonged to God anyway. He knew he was going to totally defeat Satan soon. But it would be the hard way, the suffering servant way. Jesus knew what his purpose was. He knew the reason he was on earth. He knew his significance came from doing God's will doing it God's way and Jesus had the answer in God's word and Satan left him all the answers we need are in God too they're in his word and we need to find them just like Jesus knew them in the word of God and could stand up against Satan we need to know them too that verse there uh, Matthew 3:17 I have lots of these scrappy bits of paper in my bible I'm sure you do too. I've got Matthew 3:17 written down. I've also got the equivalent one in Mark 1:11, Luke 3:22, and I've got it in every translation I come across. This one it says, "Oh, and I know that I can replace the word son with daughter because I'm baptized into Christ and I'm one with him." So listen to this. This is my daughter, my beloved in whom I delight. This is the daughter I love, and my greatest delight is in her. You are my daughter, my cherished one, and my greatest delight is in you. And I get that out of my Bible every so often, and I read those words to myself, and I say, this is where my security and significance and my self-worth this is what God has done for me. I'm his beloved child. I don't have to become top of the class anymore. I don't have to be better than my brothers. I don't have to be the top woman at everything. I don't have to be overcome the men <laughs> and put the men down in order for me to be something in God. He loves me just as I am. I'm secure in him. My significance is in him. My security is in him. So if you don't find those answers to the fundamental questions, there's bitter jealousy and rivalry, disharmony and disorder and every kind of evil. And gosh, don't we see this everywhere we go in the world, in our families, in our schools, our universities, our workplaces. And if we don't mature in Christ, it can come into our church families too, where there's that sneaky rivalry going on, Comparing and contrasting. How come the pastor said that to them and didn't say it to me? And all that sort of stuff. We've got to get that dealt with. So that's my point. Number two, recognize the bitter fruit of the counterfeit wisdom in your own lives and allow God to give you his wisdom about real security, real significance, and real self-worth. You can only find it in God and the answers are in the word. And everyone has got different answers. You've heard mine. What knocks me every time, you've got your own. Okay, the last point in verses 17 to 18. But the wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving and gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So that's the wisdom that comes to us from God to answer these deep longings of our hearts for security, self-worth, and significance. First of all, it's pure. There's no ulterior motive with God. There's no secret agenda. He's not trying to con us or get money out of us or make us believe stuff that's not true. His wisdom is peace-loving, and gentle at all times. He meets us on at our point of need. God never forces himself on us or his will on us. He waits for us to seek him. He waits till we're ready. And then when we ask, he comes in. And when we have understood God's wisdom for ourselves, we're willing to yield to others and show them mercy because we know what God has revealed to us. We know what God has seen in us. We know the blackness of our own hearts. So now we can be a good fruit that comes from his wisdom, the fruit of love and kindness to others, which has no ulterior motives, no favoritism, and, in all, and it comes in all sincerity and without envy or hypocrisy, because we know how God has been all of those things for us, so we can extend that love and kindness to others. And when his wisdom flows through us, we become peacemakers who plant seeds of peace wherever we go. We're not like the world trying to get to the top by any means or trying to get rich and famous or perhaps pushing an agenda onto people, veganism, new ageism, socialism, wokeism, whatever isms going around today. Or even for us Christians, we're not pushing that judgmental Christianity that some of us think that's how we witness. No, (laughs) we should be coming in with peace and love, kindness, thoughtfulness, and gentleness. And that's what people notice, because it's nothing like what the world's got to offer. This is strong, it's confident, it's assured and grounded. And our lives will reap a harvest of righteousness in other people and ourselves, as we walk in this wisdom. So that's point number three. Walk the journey of wisdom throughout your life, allowing God's good fruit to grow in you more each day. And it has to be that life's journey. God shows you stuff, then. few years later, he reveals another layer of stuff, then. Later on, he reveals something else. And the closer you get to God, The more stuff he reveals in you, and the more you think, Ah, I thought I knew you, God. (laughs) I thought I got you sussed. But no, there's more to go, more to be close to, more for him to reveal, more for us to get close to him about. And that's the type I long for that wherever I go, I quietly sow peace, love, joy, and confidence so that it affects everyone around me for his kingdom. So please, come walk with me. I want to mature more and more each day in Jesus. I want to find more of my self-worth, security, and significance in God alone. I want the jealous, bitter rivalry in my heart to be done away with, and there to be peace in every area. It'll take all of my life for this sanctification process to take place, but I know that Jesus will one day present me faultless before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy, as it says in Jude 1:24, I know the work God has started in me, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, as it says in Philippians 1:6. So we can hold on to that, people, that what God has started, he's gonna finish, and he's gonna present you holy, faultless, blameless, before the presence of his glory, and you will be perfect in his sight. Come, walk with me. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has blessed you. For more information about our church, you can find us online at c3grow.org.